James Lacey, look, look at me, look at me. I'm balancing this pencil on my finger. Hey everybody, welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John, thank you so much for joining us today. Why was I balancing a pencil on my finger? Because we're going to talk about balance in the force, guys. Prop comic. If you're not watching on YouTube, I was balancing a pencil on my finger. Uh... How's it going, everybody? James, Lacey, we're going to talk about balance in the force. Um, just curious. We're going to get into the discussion later, of course. But are you guys, like, set in your mind what you think it means? Because I'm not. I kind of have an idea what I always thought it was. But I'm not, like... I don't have, like, a lot of conviction on this thing. So I'm going to kind of enjoy bouncing off each other on this. But where are you guys at with this? You kind of just described how I felt about that intro. Like, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I wasn't like, I thought one thing and then went to another. wasn't really sure how you came up with right. that, with all the ideas right. that you yep. probably didn't have. So that probably explains why you went with the pencil. All right. Why did you take the lead out of everything? But that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have a, a thought about the John, balance. John, taking the lead out of things is good. Like paint <laughs> and pencils. All it's right. good. All right. I'll that's erase that comment. Do. We'll move on. Got him. Let's sharp, let's sharpen <laughs> things up here, guys. Let's go. Ugh. John, you are number two on this podcast. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Um, now, I, I, I have always kind of had an idea of what the balance of the force is. And obviously, we'll get into this later. But I think sometimes it's one of those things where I'm like, man, when people try to say it's this, I'm like, that's crazy. But then you have like notable people say that it, it is not what I'm saying it is. So, and then I'm like, uh, maybe that person thinks I'm crazy. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it's really open to interpretation, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We'll get into it later, I guess. I feel like, James, I remember when the whole Freddie Prince rant happened, you were like, that's not what I thought that meant. <laughs> Cause that, that he's, he's a big player in that. I mean, we'll probably, that'll probably get brought right. up, but you know, I, he was, he was known for being like, if you don't think it's this, you're wrong. Dead wrong. I'm telling you right now, stop thinking of it the way you're thinking of it. This is the correct way. And I'm like, but I don't think that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, well. that, that's the old, that's the old, like, let me say something that puts you in a situation where you can't reply. Like, mm-hmm. is there even another choice or like, hands down? Is it, is that even a question? <laughs> you know, like, just like, this is it. And that's, don't even bother uh, uh, adding anything to it. But um, mm-hmm. let's add to the show a bit here. Uh, James, Will the Force, man. Uh, we've been running on this thing for about four weeks straight, but we dig it because this is the one where a lot of our resistance officers get to get involved. So uh, what have we got going this week? I fear nothing for all this. As the force wills it. This week we got four questions, um, two of which are coming from commanders, both commanders this week. So that's interesting. So that's the little tip off. If you're a commander, uh, and you're one of our uh, resistance officers and you're a commander, you may have a question that made it through this week. Uh, we'll see. Um, the first one, of course, comes from, and I'm just going to reveal it right now, Commander Polly. Right now, Commander Paul what is up? like, oh, what word? <laughs> Over in the UK. Um, He's like, what did I <laughs> yeah. ask? I don't remember what it was. <laughs> this is the episode he skips. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. uh, 
Polly's question was, will we see exactly what the trials in quotes uh, are in any future star Wars movie? Obi-Wan said he was ready for the trials in the phantom menace, but we never actually saw them. Lacey, do you think we're ever going to see what Obi-Wan refers to as the trials? <laughs> that was a really good impression. Um, was it? Are you kidding me? That was pretty good. Yours, John, I said... I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) (laughs) John, I said this the last time. That was James's... That's James's voice for every... That's his Rocky Road voice. That is the Rocky Road voice. Yeah. John, you... It's Obi-Wan every time. (laughs) Obi-Wan apparently likes Rocky Road. Road. That's fair. John, when you do the accent, though, you start it. But then you just yeah. talk like you halfway through the sentence. So it starts with like Obi-Wan and then it goes to John. That's why James, mm, James like sticks mm. to it. Like he goes for yeah. it. Yeah. He's a method actor. He is. Mm. He's totally method. Yeah. First of all, Polly's from the UK. Polly, I love British Bake Off. Let me know if you do in the comments because it is like one of my favorite shows. Second of all, no, I don't think we're ever going to see the trials. I think it's one of those things that we don't need to okay. see. Polly's going to hit Lacey up and be like, Lacey, just so you know, I know you're from America. I love American Pickers. That show just. I love like, American I Pickers too. Must wa- I, I love that show. <laughs> My favorite winner of British Bake Off is Candace, by the way. If anybody wants to argue with me, you can. She's the best one. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but, it's like Polly's from Canada. It's like, we yeah. love. He's from Nickelback. the UK because I write the transmissions. <laughs> So I know he's from the UK because I write letters to him every month. John, do you think we're ever going to see the trials? I uh, yes, I think we will. Um, I don't see an end in sight for future Star Wars movies. I think they will continue to make um, new trilogies or series or standalones, and they have talked about exploring other eras. So seeing the Jedi and especially this High Republic talk, um, like we've you know we've speculated that these books and stuff are supposed to be paired up with movies that Benioff and Wise were doing. Um, and I'm holding to that. I think that's true. So I think they still have that idea in mind and seeing the Jedi in their prime following their whole docket of from beginning as a Padawan through to becoming a master, you got to take those Jedi trials. So I think it's an inevitable that we're going to see at least some of that at some point um, in a movie. I think that'd be kind of cool to see Jedi have to take that sort of uh, test to become improve mm-hmm. your Jedi. I thought about this from the Kenobi series, so that's why my answer was no. I didn't properly listen slash read this question. So my answer actually changes. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think it's kind of inevitable as well, but I was also kind of thinking of it from all canon perspective, and he does specifically mention here in the question in a future Star Wars. I'm sorry, movie. James. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I'm and saying James I did the good. same thing. Even when he was answering, I was like, "Is it really? Is it that specific of a?" Yeah, I guess he does say Star Wars movie in this question. So, and Jedi, they don't take the trials after they're already Jedi masters, right, James? So this, it, no, is that a real question? I took it as maybe we would see why, we would see a flashback. Why would they take the trials after they've been a, That's a master? That's my point. Yeah. That's why Lacey wasn't listening. I thought it meant more like, will we see Kenobi go through it in the Kenobi series as like a flashback? To which I would say, no, it's not that important to the story. Mm-hmm. That's how I took it. He's, 
These damn flashbacks. I'm going to go back no, to I watching think the only reason, Bake Off because that's all I meant. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think it's just being <laughs> asked because he fun. mentions the trials as if it's some sort of thing that every Jedi Padawan goes through. So do you think they're ever going to bring that to the big screen? And I, I think it's likely because I think if every Jedi Padawan goes through that process, then it's just something that um, that they do. You know what I mean? It's like... Um, I'm ready for the SATs and then they're going to tell me that there's like a college Jedi show that isn't going to mention the SATs. It's like the big thing, you know, or I don't know when SATs are. Is that high school or something? Yeah. Yeah. The owls, right? Or the goblet of fire um, where to go through different things. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're, I think, uh, Lacey switched, but we're all in agreement then now. Um, so let's move on to the next question. Uh, will Darth Vader be in the Kenobi series? So we're back on Kenobi, Lacey. <laughs> this one is involving the Kenobi series. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, do you think we're going to get Darth Vader? Yes, I think we will. Um, you got the Golden Goose. You got the <laughs> timeline. You have the rivalry with him and uh, Obi-Wan. Doesn't mean they have to cross paths on the show. You can preserve that 20-year gap between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But by showing, you know, this is what's going on with Vader during this time while Kenobi's dealing with this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're always down to use Vader in all these other mediums. So why not bring him back in maybe even a small cameo in the Kenobi series? Um, it, I would not feel forced to me. And I think it would make sense. It could add some depth and weight to... Uh, that short run series or however long it may be. So I think, yes, I think we will see Darth Vader um, in some way in uh, the Kenobi series. All right, Lacey, is Darth Vader coming back? I don't think it would feel forced either. Well done, John. Uh, Yeah, he will. Darth Vader will show up in the Kenobi series. I think it's an easy thing to do Mm -hmm. with Darth Vader, and he sold Rogue One for a lot of people, so... I think when people see Darth Vader, they're like, oh, that's Star Wars. And it would be just really cool to see them battle it out or not even battle it out, but like have some type of relation because we see him before and then we see him after, but we don't see that middle period. It would just be super interesting. John, did you get my joke? You made that joke. Was that on purpose? So I, a long a long time ago on in a galaxy far, far, oh, we made, oh, yeah. That's another a long time ago. Uh, we kind of made this thing where we were like, we made this like unwritten rule to not make force puns. You did though. I didn't do it. On I purpose, think he just though. said it. Yeah, I always yeah. noticed it, but I don't think he went for it. Well, yeah, I didn't do like the. I'm pause. not in this rule, so. You're welcome. You're not. No, you didn't make that rule with me. The other pause. one, I think we only ever had mm-hmm. two that made the list, and the other one was wedge him in there. <laughs> what a yeah. weird thing! Who says that? Who says that? I, I, <laughs> just the same way that John just said force, and I was like, oh, I, my brain goes to it. James, there was... automatically, anybody says, I think they could just wedge him in there. My brain just immediately goes like, oh, wedge <laughs> him in there. I think we also said we. It's like we... no, it's too cheap. We banned the phrase um, without further ado. Remember that when we did that? Oh, yeah, but you still do that. Once in a while. I try not when to. When were these rules uh, made? I, I think they it, were before you. But you know they what's were funny? Just... We, got, we got slammed pretty hard on an Apple podcast rating. This, this guy said in his review that we say 
that we're going to talk about stuff too much. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we're a podcast. And he said, well, you say you, you're going to talk about it and you say it too much. And he's like, you got to stop well, doing Well, today that. we're going to so, talk about it. <laughs> today we're going to talk about podcast reviews that say we talk about Sorry. stuff too much. But, I used uh, to watch this thing on YouTube but... called Duncan Rocks and he would be like, let's talk about some topics. Like he started every episode by saying, let's talk about some topics. Oh, this man. was back like, 2009 or something i just felt like it was um, so good it was perfectly phrased i had to give the applaud there it was well done love when lacy loves um, my jokes when i don't mean to make jokes i mean <laughs> great one john finally a good nailed one it. <laughs> yeah yeah um my quick thoughts on the darth vader thing um i i would i would be interested to know what you guys think too you don't have to answer this time but if Darth Vader's in the series, do you think they would make him the main protagonist of the show, um, being you know the, or I'm sorry, the antagonist uh, against Kenobi, and they actually have this battle, and we get to see it again because um, the lines potentially could still make sense. They just write it in such a way. Uh, maybe that's why it's getting rewritten and stuff because people are saying this doesn't make sense. We got to just w- figure out a way to you know make it all work together. I, I don't know. Um, I do think that, uh, they'll, they'll put him in, in some capacity though. Uh, so I, I think Darth Vader will be in the Kenobi series to some extent. So I just had this weird feeling that for some reason I could be way off. There's just a gut that they want to preserve that 20 year gap. Right. Like that. I haven't felt this in such a long time. Right. Yeah, and really you can say, oh, well, now we could add something in and he's talking about that. But fans have been conditioned and watching this story with this mindset so long that that's the first time they've met. To disrupt that is a big deal. And it's original trilogy too. That would be kind of... Yeah. I think that would be... uh, I really would be shocked if they had the... uh, They do that stuff though, right? Cajones to do that. (laughs) Cajones. I mean, there's a lot of things like I know Rogue this... One is the whole movie. You watch A New Hope differently now. Nah. I don't, honestly. Yeah, I don't really. Are, are you guys serious? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I just don't get this hatred no, for no, Rogue no, One. Hold on. No, no, why why, no, why no, are no. you doing that? No, I do not. No I hatred. love Rogue One. I love Rogue One. A New Hope was love the it. first Star Wars movie I ever saw. So anything that comes prior to it at a later date, so like recent, is not going to affect the way I first saw it, if that makes sense. And nothing Vader does in Rogue One changes anything he does in A New Hope. Although it is pretty badass. Kenobi and Vader meeting, having a meeting or a fight in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is a big game changer from how we understood it. I thought the Rebels fight was kind of a game changer, too, only because you're like, oh, you think that's the end of it, and then they meet up again, you know? That's kind of a big deal. Rebels fight? They fought in Rebels? No, Maul and, um, sorry, I didn't say oh, it out Maul loud. Oh, Maul and Kenobi. Maul and Kenobi. Oh. Yeah, we've talked about that. We'd rather, I'd, I'd rather stay alive action. But anyway, I'm moving along. James, we so love Rogue, Rogue One. Anyway. <laughs> People believe James when he says that stuff. I know, and then they're like, "How could you not like Rogue One?" And I'm like, "I love Rogue One." Yeah, it's like that's like me being like Solo, but being like, nothing in Solo changes my opinion on anything (laughs) Star Wars. It's like it's whatever. It's Solo. I mean, it was okay. 
It was all right. No, Definitely. No. A lot of fan service. I'm just telling you, that movie. Solo <laughs> doesn't change service. my opinion on anything either. You said, does Rogue really? One change how you view A New Hope? And I said, no. Yes. Because it doesn't. <laughs> but for, you can't, you can't watch. <laughs> all Star Wars medium changes Star Wars medium. I watch Rogue One and when they go, Phoenix Squadron, report to, and I'm like, oh, that's a... Uh, or I'm sorry, I said Rogue One. Uh, a New Hope. In A New Hope, they go Phoenix Squadron, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, because I've watched Rebels, that changes how I watched A New Hope. I don't think like that. Maybe I'm just dumb. Well, next time when you notice they say Phoenix Squadron I'm think of you, not- in A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. You don't think Luke saying, uh, you fought in the Clone Wars? You, that doesn't change your view on A New Hope? You don't think of Clone Wars now instead of what you thought it was? It's ridiculous. It's yeah, but ridiculous. Now, see, James, you're not compartmentalizing it's ridiculous. as you drink from your Incredibles cup. Because <laughs> you were talking about Rogue One and A New Hope, and now you're mm-hmm. saying Clone Wars. Maybe Clone I'm Wars does make all me think of it. Of it. I, yeah. See, but for me, I'm it's a case dumb. By case I'm just basis. gonna think of James every That's time. That's why I'm saying I'm now. saying wh- why is Rogue One so low on your list that it does, nothing about it affects your viewing of A New Hope? <laughs> That's so what I'm low. saying. It's not so low on my anyway. list. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Resistance <laughs> officer, uh, our commander Alexander Zukas. Alexander wanted to know. Will we see the child somewhat grown up in the future when we possibly see Ray again? So this one goes to John, I think. Is that right? Maybe? Yeah. Um, any chance? What do you think, John? I think absolutely. Um, I think not only are we going to see more movies with Ray in the future, but they really have something special with this character. Um, it has transcended beyond Star Wars into pop culture everywhere. And they're fully aware of that. And they know that injecting him into uh, future movies and that sort of thing, is only going to help um, attract people to those movies and also maybe endear themselves more to those movies. And it would make sense because he's 50 years old in Mando time, which means he's, you know, 80 or whatever around... Uh, sequel trilogy and if you bump that 10 years he's 90 and that's when yoda started teaching jedi so we could see a fully a grown uh the child whatever his name winds up being being with ray and then starting this new adventure and going along with them and i think that could be a really cool thing um so my short answer is because he has been such a game changer for star wars without them even fully realizing it like when you use the hashtag the mandalorian now it's baby yoda in his cradle it's not the mandalorian that's, that tells yeah, you something. it's kind of crazy. So, yeah. he, I, I, I think they'd be stupid not to include him. So uh, I think he will. Hmm. Uh, Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, I agree 100% with John. I think it's one of those characters that everybody knows this character. Like, when this came out in November, like, all my family, friends, coworkers, everybody was asking me about Baby Yoda. And they didn't even watch the show when they knew about Baby Yoda. So it just makes sense that they would continue that on to bring people in that might not have seen certain parts of the sequel trilogy or even the sequel trilogy. They'd be like, oh, well, if that's an older Baby Yoda, I'm in. Like, this thing is, and by thing, I mean Baby Yoda, is being used by so many brands, so many different people, celebrities, everybody. Every I haven't seen one person that hates this thing. So 
Why wouldn't you? It just makes sense. So yes, we will. Also, I love that Alex's uh, Twitter handle is at Zubacus. Yeah, I think uh, even the question here states, uh, you know, maybe possibly when we see Ray, that's just kind of a tip off. But the real crux of it is, will we see the child again somewhat grown up Mm -hmm. in the future? And it's like, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Even even if the films itself were like, we're going to focus more on the the 100 years after or the 500 years after the rise of Skywalker, you still could use this guy. You've right. got right. 850 years past the Mandalorian that this character would be potentially around, still alive, good or bad. It doesn't matter. As long as nobody's killed this character, then... Um, their lifespan is massive. So yeah, absolutely. This character is coming back. If they just want to jump ahead like 800 years and be like, oh, look, he looks like Yoda, you know, like legitimately looks like Yoda now. And people um, stop caring about him. <laughs> He's not cute anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it's funny too, because there's, there's rumors, right, that it is Yoda, but whatever. We'll, we'll get into that. There's our tiny nickname out the door. Oh, you mean because it's a clone uh, of Yoda? That's what people are saying? Yeah, that's Mm. tossed around because that's where the cloning is coming from is that it actually (laughs) is Yoda and he's brought back to life. John just died. (laughs) John says he's not cloned out and then then he's cloned out. (laughs) I've said I'm cloned Um, out. Yeah. Uh, the last question for Will of the Force is, will the current VP of live action, Michelle Rejwan, stay if Kathleen Kennedy leaves, or will Disney give the new president uh, capital to build their own executive team? Lacey, back at you. First, what is the fate of Rejwan? Michelle's <laughs> not leaving if Kathleen leaves. I think she's been positioned to take over if Kathleen leaves. Um or stay where she is and someone else comes in and takes Kathleen's place. I don't think with the positioning that's been given to her in the sense of the roles she's played in live action so far for Star Wars that they would mm-hmm. she would just peace out. Like that doesn't make sense. She's in such a high role there that it would be very weird for her to leave with Kathleen, especially cuz probably Kathleen's going to retire. She's not going to go somewhere else. Um, so, I mean, she could, but I don't think she will. So, no, she will not. John, what do you think? It's tricky. Um, she obviously came into this via J.J. Abrams, um, who I think Disney likes a lot. Um, whether or not Kathleen Kennedy does, I'm not sure. We know, we all know that Kathleen Kennedy wanted Ryan Johnson to do episode nine. Um, and Disney, I think, thwarted that. But, um... She hasn't developed anything yet. So it's going to be that weird time frame where, say, Kathleen Kennedy leaves when her contract runs out in 2021. Will Rejwan have had enough projects in development as the VP of live action development under her belt for them to say, okay, she's got this, she's developing these awesome projects, or will it not have been enough time? So I think what will happen is if Kennedy leaves, they'll still give her the opportunity to develop stuff. I don't think she's going to become the president of Lucasfilm. But I think they'll give her the opportunity to work alongside the current president. And Disney's all about making the shareholders happy. If she has a hard time developing good Star Wars projects, see ya. Just like any other company's executive board, you're out. 
So I think they'll give her some opportunities to uh, develop projects because as of now, we haven't heard of any projects that she's developed. doesn't mean they're not in development or working on them, but publicly, all these other stuff came up before she took on the position. So we'll mm-hmm. have to see how uh, it shakes out and what she brings to the table. And hopefully one of them involves a shirt that Lacey's wearing right now, but we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you guys. So that might have been a perfect score, right? For all of our Will of Force questions this week. Seriously? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I think, think so. I don't think... Uh, what? We, we agree too much. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Um, I definitely... I'm I'm right now. I'm thinking they 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 wouldn't make her president uh, and give her her own team. I think just I mean even when she came on, we're like, oh, okay, she got the job. She moved up pretty quick, right? She doesn't have like a whole lot of experience. She's done a couple things here and there, um, but she seems to do fine. I mean, she was in she was uh, doing the job, I believe, right? Uh, she was working with um, maybe not in that position, but working on live action development through the last Jedi and Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, through the last Jedi, so Mandalorian as well, Rise of Skywalker, and then is is in the process of also it will be at her hand or she will have some credit in Obi Wan and Cassian Andor as well. So she has yeah. she she now has enough there and I think that if um if um Kathleen Kennedy were to move away from Lucasfilm, I don't think she would follow. No, but I, I no, think no. I think yeah. more likely she would. Um, uh, let Ka- Kathleen Kennedy would retire, and Michelle Rajwan would continue doing this and growing her position, being the I mean, in charge of live action development. I mean, that's huge. So, yeah, I think she's got a good gig, and she's going to stay there. So. Um, well, that's it for Will of the Force. Uh, Lacey, do you want to take us into our next segment? Yeah, so there are a lot of ways you can support us. You can subscribe here on YouTube. You can follow us on Spotify or SoundCloud. Comment, like, subscribe, etc. Uh, follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Or you can take part in Patreon at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. There are multiple tiers Uh, starting at $2 a month, and they give you all different types of access to the base and to us with exclusive uh, content, mailings, uh, Discord chats, and much more. Um, The top tier, the generals get to be a part of the show in the Patreon pod race. So this week we have Andrew Staley, and we asked him a question. So based on this topic, he has 60 seconds to answer, and then we respond. And his topic was, Daisy Ridley recently spoke about negative fans on social media, saying, quote, If I went to a film and didn't like it, I just wouldn't tweet about it. As a positive and polite fan yourself, what are your thoughts on Star Wars fans on social media? And what advice would you give to people looking for a more positive experience online? Andrew, take it away. So of all the pod races I've done, this question has probably been the most challenging for me to answer. Uh, done a few takes and I've had a hard time trying to find a good answer to provide. Um, all I can say is right now that Star Wars is such a huge joy in my life and I try to make sure that anytime I'm on social media, uh, I try to bring that exact same joy and bring it through all the social media platforms I interact with. That's why the Resistance broadcast is, uh, means a lot to me because it's such a positive and joyous environment. Um, I try to avoid the comment sections 
And for the most part, I just try to tailor social media to things that I enjoy and things that are going to make me happy about Star Wars. I try to uh, sidestep a lot of the negative comments and just, um, for the most part, anything that I do on social media, I try to bring a, a positive and joyous experience and make sure Star Wars is seen in a good light. Um, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone's doing well. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Um, that was awesome. John, what did you think? Well, first off, Andrew, thanks so much for uh, your comments about us. Uh, that means a lot. Um, especially, you know, we're all going through a tough time and us doing this podcast. And we say it every week uh, since we've been going through this whole pandemic thing that this has made us um, feel a bit sense of normalcy in our lives doing this. And it's always a good time. I know when I walk back upstairs after doing this, I feel my endorphins going and everything. So, uh, you saying that, um, you're enjoying our community, what we're doing here means a lot to me. Um, you, great answer uh, in terms of like curating your, uh, social media experience, the things you like, because sometimes people say like, well, then you're just, uh, surrounding yourself with people who agree with you. And it's like, well, yes, but you know, when you go out in public and if you see someone screaming their head off about hating you or hating something that you like, are you going to go stand next to him and just be like, no, that's cool. No, you're going to go in the other direction. And that's what you should do online too. So um, you make uh, great points also about avoiding comment sections. Sometimes usually negative people find their way there more than people who like something. It's just like a Yelp review. You don't see people uh, all the time going on there like, I loved everything. It's usually, bah, 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 I'm mad about it. Not eating there anymore. <laughs> so um, great points, man. Uh, again, you crushed another pod race. I don't know how many takes you had to do. Hopefully it wasn't too many, but I think you nailed it on this one. So thank you. James? Um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I actually appreciate too that you were like, I wanted to get it right. <laughs> you know, I wanted to figure out exactly what I wanted to say. So taking the time to actually sit there and do like, you know, a couple of these uh, just to make sure it was good. Um, yeah, I... If, for me personally, I, I think that that's kind of it too, is is sort of a separation of, of what you're actually reading and people get all crazy or whatever. Anytime anybody's like super crazy or whatever, I, I'm, I usually am able to kind of put in my head that like, it's not that it's not a real person, but I'm like, whoever that guy is, they're crazy mad. And it's not something that I'm like offended by. I'm like, so that person it hates it, you know. This person obviously likes it. This person hates it. Another hate one. Here's a like one, and three more hate ones. You know, I just kind of, I'm looking at them back and forth. I'm not feeling. I'm trying to separate the offendedness of it, if that kind of makes sense. Sure. Um. Yeah. I don't know. But thanks. Thanks for uh, giving the pod race. Andrew, I understand how this could be difficult because it's always tough to uh, try to bring light to something that might not be that great. Because as a positive person like yourself, it's just tough to be like, oh, well, this is kind of what I don't like and this is why I avoid it. Um, So you did a great job. Second of all, I 100% agree. Just be around people and engage with people that are fun. There are plenty of people that I don't agree with online um, about Star Wars and we like different characters and we take different things out of the movies. But we have pleasant conversations all the time and that doesn't mean that we can't because we don't agree on things. Um, And, you know, John said this a couple times in the past few weeks is like, 
just focusing on what you love about Star Wars is often, well, not often, it is more fun than the negative stuff. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, when The Rise of Skywalker came out, there were things I didn't like about it. And I got a lot of flack because they were like, well, why aren't you talking about this certain thing? And it's like, because I'd rather spend my time talking about things I do love than things that I don't love. And that doesn't mean I'm weak. And that doesn't mean that I don't care. It just means that life is too short to focus on the things that don't matter and the negative things when I'd rather be smiling and have fun with it. Like, I thought Ray was great in The Rise of Skywalker. So I'll talk about Ray all day. And I know you, Andrew, agree with me often. And you're like, oh, Lacey knows what I mean when I love Ray, because we both adore that character. Um So yeah, you did a great job, great advice, and we appreciate your support. We love having you in the resistance. Uh, You are an example of a wonderful Star Wars fan, and we love having you uh, being a part of our community. So thank you so much. Um, And now we're going to head to John for the Discussione, which I don't know how this is going to go with me, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, guys, time for our discussion. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. This week's discussion, what is balance of the force? So we've been talking about having this uh, this discussion for a while now on the podcast. Um, We've been kicking this idea around for a couple of years now, I think. Um, When are we going to have that discussion? And now that the sequel trilogy—now that the sequel trilogy is finished, we can have it. Adam Sandler, I didn't know you were on the show today. Shut up! What is balance of the force, guys? Do we know? Does Star Wars even know? The definition of what it means for the force to be in balance has drastically changed from when George Lucas thought about it, conceived it, to the current trilogy. Uh, where some ideas may have shifted and how even Luke Skywalker thought about it. So uh, perhaps there are still answers to come in future stories and movies as maybe the door is not shut on what it means. So um, let's find out what we think. <laughs> let's talk about it here. We're going to talk about it because we talk about it on the podcast. Um, I'm, I'll start off by saying this. I think that the Force is exists as it is. It's... Um, you know, like they say, the energy that surrounds all living things and creates life makes it grow and, and what have you. Um, Did you say that? <laughs> you had to describe the force. So, so James, I don't know if you know this. James doesn't like when you cite material in Star Wars. No, uh, for no, some reason. no, that's not it. He'd rather make whack Arnold analogies. He's saying that you that say no it sense. like you came right. up with it. Yeah, you you said it like... Is if you're so like, like, if I had to describe the force, <laughs> I'd probably say it's an energy field that binds us. In, and no, you like went on as no, if it was. It isn't. No, that's I what don't. was funny about it. All right, <laughs> but go on. All right. Um, if I compared it to like a, a sandwich or something, you'd, you'd probably like it better. But uh, you're all about your analogies. Anyway, guys. I think it's uh, more of a thing that isn't the dark side or the light side, but it's how people manipulate it um, based on who they are and what their passions are. And uh, I think by that, the force kind of changes in how that person um, develops it. Um, What I find interesting is that George Lucas has over the years shifted more into this idea that the dark and the light exist together. And you have, if one pulls one way or the other, it's out of balance. But back in the day, 
it was much more simplistic in the sense where it was about this just good defeating evil. And I think when he first conceived Star Wars, he did it more of as a you know story for kids and a fantasy for kids to understand what it's what it means to do the right thing and choose the right path and defeating evil restores peace and balance but now you know star wars has gotten more complex and i believe george uh evolved himself in that way to keep up with his story because any time you see an interview with george lucas over the decades he contradicts his own himself but i but agree with what he's kind rhymes. of yeah, but I agree with what he kind of said in one of his more recent interviews or um, videos that show him explaining the Force while he still owned Lucasfilm. And it is pretty on par with what they've been doing lately. So I think Balance of the Force does mean that you're going to have both light and dark. But at the same time, in order for there to be balance, dark side users need to be defeated and the light side users need to triumph. So while you're going to have both sides of the force in like, in other words, if you Ray beating Palpatine doesn't mean the dark side of the force is gone. You can't get rid of it. It's, it's a, a it's a thing that's eternal. It's always going to be there, but eliminating the people who use it defeat that evil entity at that time. And I, I, I say that based on what JJ Abrams said, which is it's never going to be permanent. So it might be in balance now, like Anakin told Ray, rise up and restore balance like I did. So he did it, but then it got out of whack again because Palpatine came back, Kylo Ren rose up, and it had to be defeated again. So I think it's a thing that's always kind of going to be on a seesaw, and that's kind of where I'm at with uh, Balance of the Force. So um, who who wants to kick off with their first ideas and what they think about that and whether even if you agree or disagree with my thoughts on it initially? So I honestly do want to hear James's first. Only because I have no idea where to take this conversation. Only because I took it as what it's described in the original trilogy. It's like it's a energy field that's around us. It's, you know, this spiritual type thing. And there's bad guys and good guys. And that's what it is. And that and balance is when, I guess, good guys defeat the bad guys is balance. But then it's like, but you can't have one without the other. It's a little confusing. So I'm interested to see what James thinks. Only because, you know, in the past year, we've had a lot of different people come out and argue this topic, including Freddie Prince Jr., mm-hmm. who had this rant that made its way around the internet. Um, and James, you were one of the people that I was very interested because you were like, I actually didn't think of it that way. So I want to hear what you have to say. There's a lot, right? (laughs) Right. Um, I have like six places I could start. Um, One, one of which, just real quick, is that how much of the how much did they really talk about balance of the force in the original trilogy? I kind of tend to think of the balance, the prophecy, and all that stuff coming in in the prequels. I think you're right. I don't think it's really talked. Balancing of the force isn't really talked about. I think in the original trilogy. I think the only thing is maybe Return of the Jedi when Kenobi's talking to Luke about balance. You got to bring balance. Like mm. you have to face your father. Is that mentioned at all? I I don't I don't know. I feel like the original trilogy is kind of they talked about the Force and how the Force was out there, and then they just kind of treated it like good guys, bad guys. Everybody and there's uses like the magic force. powers. The force is kind yeah. of something bigger. Yeah. But the story was good versus evil. Sure. 
then the balance issue came in when um, when they were like, oh, you're talking about the prophecy. You you mean the one who is supposed to bring balance to the f- balance to the force? You think it's this boy? And then the question of what does it mean to bring balance to the force? Uh, what are they talking about? Yeah. Because to me, I think nowadays it seems like people kind of refer to balances equal parts light and dark, right? Mm-hmm. And if that was what it meant to bring balance to the force, it's it's hard for me to understand why the Jedi would want that to be the case. I think they... I think... Okay, there's a lot of Jedi and there's almost zero Sith. So bringing balance to the force would mean that the dark would, would equal out. But maybe the way the Jedi are looking at it at this time is they're saying like there's still darkness out there. Do we think that the prophecy could like mean there's no more crime and there's no more murder, you know? Like, do they think of it as like, if this boy brings balance to the force, maybe that means that there's no more darkness at all? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know what their understanding of balance is, but I definitely think today people take the word balance very literally in the sense of like there has to be equal of darkness as there has to be equal of the light and i really disagree with that fundamentally even if star wars wants to go down that right and that's how they want to define it i'll say that's that's fine whatever Mm -hmm. that's the story it's a fictional story but that's never how i've understood balance of the force and i usually try to figure out when people are talking about balance or or anything along those lines i usually try to run it through my own kind of mythology on what i think it is first to to try to understand where they're coming from and what if those statements make sense to me and um yeah and i think i I think the sequel trilogy made it even more confusing for me personally because then it's like oh well you have ray and kylo and you know the light the dark rises so the light to meet it and you know one's good guy one's bad guy that was bound to happen Mm -hmm. and i'm like wait what since when (laughs) because it's like this confusing Uh thing because then if you're saying that then it's a cyclical thing that it's constantly happening where you have the good guys are for so certain period of time and then the bad guys rise up and then they defeat the bad guys and then there's good guys again and it's like okay but that's Mm -hmm. not as much as a a spiritual energy or prophecy as more of a like history repeating itself over and over and over again which is in my personal thoughts are is a nightmare like who wants to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again yeah so i think that complexity has been presented because how stories are told now are just generally received better when they're more complex than they used to be. Um, I believe that. And 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 if you look at the evolution of George Lucas's creation of Star Wars, and when he first made the story, he has been on record saying, you know, it's a fable for children to learn choosing the right path and making the right choices and doing the right thing and good will triumph over evil. Don't worry about um, power or possessions because that'll lead to all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, hatred and and that sort of thing. Whereas if you are giving and you don't have possessions or obsessions, then you can't um, be hurt 
because you have nothing to be obsessed with or possessive over. Mm-hmm. But then as he kind of grew and he had to tell the story of the prequels, which is Anakin's fall, that's a dark story. And he had to come up with this thing like the, the chosen one prophecy to tell the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. And I think that trapped him a little bit. Whereas creating the balance of the force and, and, and being the chosen one of this prophecy meant he had to defeat the Sith. And that line by Obi-Wan that I, I pulled up here from when Anakin's burning, he says, you were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. So that's saying that defeating the Sith eliminates darkness. So that, I mean, that's interesting. And then where I think things really changed is the Clone Wars. Because I think once he started that show after the prequels, because the prequels were still simplistic in that way. You're defeating the Sith, defeating darkness. You're the chosen one. Then the Clone Wars happened and you got the Mortis arc, which has the representative of the light, the representative of the dark, and then the father being the force proceeding over and making sure the two kids didn't get out of line and, and that sort of thing. And maybe that show and how it stretched out and how they really dove into weird things with the force changed his thinking on it. And then he hands it off. And then you have these new movies audiences are more mature now they don't necessarily like the hey good guys let's go get them let's go get the bad guys and if we beat the bad guys then we win and now it's this whole thing like well everyone has a side to themselves and you got to figure out who you are and there's you know it's not just white and black it's a little gray and that sort of thing so i think as people take media now they think of things back in the day from the 70s maybe as more hokey and star wars had to evolve to be relevant so i think that's a big part of it um from an outside of in the story itself how we are as a culture receiving media you needed to make things more complex and i think the force might be a victim of that not a, not victim but i think it might be have been evolved because of that i kind of disagree with that though only because if you look at the response from i would say not diehard fans like general star wars fans <clears throat> for uh, the last jedi I think leading Mm -hmm. into The Last Jedi, every interview with Daisy Ridley or any character, Adam Driver, was like, oh, you don't know who's on what side. It's more complex. It kind of dives into like who's good, who's bad. It mixes the line in between them. And people really didn't like that. They like to know who's good and who's bad. So I jokingly Mm -hmm. pointed at myself while John was talking for audio listeners when he said people don't like, you know, the simple who's good, who's bad. I'm one of those people that does. I just want to know who's good, who's bad, cheer for the good guys and call it a day. Some people don't, and that's fine. But I think some of the critique that came out of The Last Jedi, um, and I would even say some of the critique for the prequels is that it does get a little too complicated than just making it a simple, like, good guy, bad guy, this is what the Force is. And some people like that. Like, they love lore, they love getting into the nitty-gritty of things and how does this work and break it all down for me. I'm not. So when you meet, you know, characters in The Last Jedi and they're kind of, you're like, are they good? Are they bad? What's really going on here? I kind of don't need that to be blurred. I just need to know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And I think that's kind of why it was received the way it was received, which then plays into the, like, complexity of, like, what does the balance of the Force mean? I don't know. I I think you're right, John. I think they brought it up a lot in in the prequels. I feel like in making the prequels, and I don't know this is for sure. This is just my guess. uh, In making the prequels, I feel like George had to be like, oh, people need to take these more seriously. 
So I need to make this story more adult and serious so that people realize I am a movie maker. You know, I've made my movies. I need to make it more serious. This is an epic tale. And like went into all these crazy like different things about prophecies and stuff, which we never heard of. And like James said, in the original trilogy, like they don't bring it up. So it's just a little confusing for me, at least. It's like, why does it have to be more than the good guys and the bad guys and an energy that kind of surrounds us? Why does it have to be more of a prophecy and, oh, then there's a dyad and then there's this and then, like, why does it have to be that? Why can't it just be like, good guy, bad guy? Because <laughs> I think those stories are, are mythical. Sure. That That's, you know what I mean? Um, it, I think to some degree, you know, you could say like, oh, Arthur was the chosen one and he pulled the sword from the stone. Right. But, and you're like, oh, that's cool. But then like, there's this other level of like, well, no one else could do it. Why was he able to do it? Oh, mm-hmm. because he was literally mythically, biblically or whatever, however you want to say it, you know, chosen by the gods to be the, you know what I mean? It was a... Uh, uh, foretold you know and there's legend in there and all this other stuff so i mean i think there's like there's like a surface level to it and then um there's like the the bigger mythology of it and i think when george lucas was wanting to uh he already had his legacy with the force but he's like hey man if i ever get an opportunity to like expand on what that is yeah i'm going to talk about how mythological and and uh how big it is like um it's bigger than people there's the story but then there's the force and it's it's bigger than that um for me personally like i i have a a religious background so to me when i hear good versus evil it's you know it's god and satan and there the the bible itself you know and other religions as well talk about what those aspects of life are what is the story there and i bring in a lot of that stuff too about talking about you know satan was an angel or he was an angel and then he fell so perversion of truth and all this other stuff and all that stuff factors into when i'm thinking of um like darth vader i think of him as like a fallen angel right he was really good then things happened in his life that caused him to go like this uh and move away it wasn't that the force was like saying there has to be balance so we're just gonna like mess with this dude and make him like really bad so that we get equal parts light and dark because that's how we we roll um Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's i've i've always much preferred the story that um there the light is truth that's the way things should be and darkness only happens when you are absent from the light um when the light is removed then you get darkness um so it's it's as if the light is the the true sense of the story um and john you started this by saying you know uh you love your analogies and i have one that i follow the rule with this um is now a time to bring that up, I guess. Yeah, sure. The my my analogy is the baseball analogy. <laughs> and I I think that Star Wars in general has a few of these like types of rules that are like what is what is Yoda's species? Well, we're never going to talk about it. We're never really going to answer this question because the discussion or the wonder is more important than the answer. 
So I think that in a lot of ways, saying yes to both can be right. Um, and Luke Skywalker gives a, a good example of one way, you know, but then there's so many other examples of this other way. But let me get to the point, the baseball analogy. I think generally think people think of the balance of the force being a baseball game where you have players on this side and players on this side and the two of them together going against each other, pushing and pulling they're up runs. Now they're up, you know, and they're going back and forth. That is what makes the game good because you have equal sides going against each other, bringing balance. The game is balanced. It's fair. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they win. That's, I think generally how nowadays people think of balance of the force. However, I prefer to think of balances the force as the game is the game. The game is the light. The game works uh, as a whole the way that it is. When darkness happens, when the dark side comes out, is when you have people that, that fall to the idea of, I just have to win this, so I have to cheat. And they start cheating, and the, the game's system yeah the game's system that is the balance falls out of whack and restoring balance to the game is defeating removing killing off the sin that is happening in in the game and bringing balance back like removing the asteroid manager yeah it's it's (laughs) not making sure that there are equal amounts cheaters as there are to people following the rules right that's insanity that doesn't make any sense at all but i think that i think that luke skywalker provides this this alternate baseball reality in the last jedi he says look around you know you see you see sunshine you see the darkness all that stuff it's all equal it's all balanced that's part of it none of that stuff belongs to us he's describing the game he says when when people get involved and they try to change the rules or they try to use the force to their advantage, that's when this happens. And he's saying light or dark, it doesn't matter. Sith or Jedi, it doesn't matter. We should just let the game be the game. But I think bringing balance to the force is if you're involved and you are going to do something, if you're part of the game, you got to step up to make sure you know who the cheaters are to get them out. So like Palpatine's a cheater. Yeah. So you're saying Ray defeated That's Palpatine wh- because he was cheating death. And I think I think Luke was saying just if if nobody uses the force, then if nobody plays the game, then nobody cheats at the game. And Ray is saying but there are cheaters and they're they're cheating at the game. So we need to rise up be the people who get rid of the cheaters. And Luke sees well, that and then says, I was wrong. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, ha- and says that the Jedi have their place in removing the darkness. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, that you're right to bring that up because in I think it was his 60 Minutes interview with Charlie Rose. I think that was the guy's name. Uh, Lucas said that the Force literally came from what primitive early religions called the life force and that's when they you know worshipped trees rocks uh all objects and things and 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 that sort of thing 
uh, like ancient uh, early religions. And um, the idea behind the force was that it was everything and everything uh, surrounding you what was what gave it life. And um, mm-hmm. then from there, he took it to um, really that whole thing about this is for kids. This is for 12-year-olds. This is for kids who are going to enter a part of their life where they need to make a choice on who they want to be. And that's been the core of everything. So even though he introduced complexities in the Clone Wars, for example, which is kind of ironic because it's an animated show and you feel like more kids watch that uh, about what the Force (laughs) is and maybe clouded a little bit. Um, You have this line about, you know, this is what the Force does now. But this whole middle thing here is still that same thing. And it's all about you have a choice to make. Uh, in front of you here and you can choose the easy path and you can cheat on the test and get an A uh, but it's going to catch up to you because then you're going to want more you're going to want to do it again you're going to add to it you're going to add to it and then you're going to have what you want and people are going to try to take it from you and you're going to get mad at them and you're going to get angry and that's going to lead to the suffering and all that stuff so he, he he paints that out or you can take the the noble path so even though it gets extremely complex it's still a very simple thing when you break it down. No matter what the balance of the force is, his idea of that is the yin-yang being, you're the middle, and you have to choose between the light and the dark. So, like, the person is is the balance, and it depends on which way it goes. But he's saying the light and the dark are always there, like the devil and the angel on your shoulder, and you get to kind of choose which way it swings and right now ray defeating palpatine um it is swung in the way of uh the light um but as they say it's i don't think it's never going to be perfectly in balance and uh i i think i agree with that i think there's always going to be that sort of uh yin yang um factor you guys are much smarter than me you guys are getting like real spiritual and deep with this i'm like oh okay <laughs> i yeah i'm I, just trying I don't, to go by what he how he like created sure it. sure no yeah. i'm complimenting you i'm saying that you guys are taking george lucas is smarter than all of us we're just, direction yeah. i just <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe i just i prefer simplifying things of like just goodbye that's bad guys that's it that's what i'm saying though it is simple when like you can muddy those waters as much as you want with the clone wars and do the more the mortis arc thing mm-hmm. and have the last jedi where it is kind of lines are blurred a bit and you're not sure what's what and literally that that reflection and you know the parallels and the yin and the yang and george lucas started using the word yin yang during like the late uh, 20 aughts where the Clone Wars were going and sure. you know maybe his other writers got in his ear about other mythologies and saying George maybe we do got to kind of mix this up a bit your audience is getting more uh, mature your original audience is older now like may right. need to make this a little little more intellectual here and I think that happened but at its core it's still that same story that same fable or whatever you want to say that yeah. um, coming of age type of thing that you you have the choice to make yeah i like the um, idea of making a, a choice of like deci- just doing yeah. the right thing that's what i always say like Star anakin Wars had a choice doing the right thing anakin had a choice and he chose this way luke had a choice 
and he chose the way Anakin should have chose. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the whole poetry. It rhymes. It does, but the end result was different because this person chose this, this person chose that. Same. Um, and the same thing with Ray. She had a yeah. choice. Yeah. She could have struck down Palpatine and done what have you, and she saw the visions of being on the throne. Similar stuff that Anakin saw. He saw visions too. Um, but she chose uh, the light. So, um, yeah. James, look like you were going to dunk back in here. Well, uh, yeah, what I was going to say about Lacey saying all this stuff is so complex. It, uh, for the most part, in S- Star Wars is like this, too. It's like it's only as complex as you want to make it. But I think that's what is cool about Star Wars is just like religion. It's like it doesn't it doesn't lose its way once you start to get to the deep dive. It just becomes like different points of view on that way. Like for like it's kind of a, kind of a dumb example, but it's like if you just want the lesson to be that like. Jesus loves you, you know, or you're just like, my father loves me. That's what it is. Right. But it gets more complex as soon as you start to contemplate the idea of like, well, yeah, but then why are, if you love me, dad, why, why are you sending me into timeout or why are you punishing me? You know, you said Mm -hmm. you love me. That's a contradiction. It's like, uh, it's kind of hard to say. It's like, I'm, I'm, it's actually a, a level deeper now. I love, I, I'm punishing you because I love you. You know, it's like, right. it's, and if you don't understand that, it doesn't make the original story not true. It just, it's like, I think the story of good versus evil is definitely existent in Star Wars and you can just let it be that, right? Uh, Kylo Ren is the bad guy and Ray wants to defeat Kylo Ren. That's all that it is. But I think where it gets crazy is like, what does it, what does it mean? Why is he bad? Uh, what happened to him? Like all of these complex layers sure. um, that if you want to go into the, those levels, you can, and it, and it gets more interesting and, and becomes a topic of debate uh, on, on a lot of those levels. And to be uh, fair, there, everyone knows I love Ben Solo and Kylo Ren. So obviously I sympathize with him and know the choices that he made. <laughs> so I want to be that. I'm not that yeah. high level that I'm like, oh, whatever. No, I get that. It's just when you get mm-hmm. into like, to be honest, I am not religious. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been for a long time. So when someone like James, who is religious, looks at this a certain way, that's his own personal experience that he's then reflecting into Star Wars. I don't have that similar experience. So my kind of need to deep dive into stuff and into the meaning of things isn't as important to me. I'd rather just keep it at their bad guys and good guys and deciding to do the right thing. Um, but that's kind of what James was saying is like, what's so great is we all come at this from different angles and we all think of this differently, but at the end of the day, uh-huh. it's still all star Wars. Still cool. Yeah. Fun. It doesn't matter. I, yeah. So, and that's a great point, um, that there's different personal experiences that you bring to star Wars that you take different things from it than other people do. Um, it's how, it's what you make of it. Would you and say it's a balance one of thing- fans? <laughs> you can yeah you can definitely say that. um one thing here from the last jedi visual dictionary it says that um it clarifies that the chosen one prophecy just foretold the destruction of the sith but not the dark side of the force itself so that's kind of what like what's steering me that the force is there the force is like i'm here i create life i'm all of this light dark it's all here this is the force now, the Sith 
are created by people and the Jedi are created by people and it's their own like this is what we think the force should be and this is what you should do with the force well we think this is what the force should be and this is what you should do with the force and because of that you create your own idea of what it should be and then you create your organization here your organization here and uh you go into battle and the force is still like i'm still here guys like i'm always going to be here whether you're gone and you get beat by the jedi or you're gone and the sith beat you I'm still here, and there's still the light side and the dark side. So they make that clear that that's always going to exist. So there's always going to be the Force itself, and I think where the balance happens is which side is in favor at that time, which is manipulated by the people who use the Force. Can someone please take that sound bite and animate it to what John just said? <laughs> so the Force is like, I'm just here, guys. <laughs> um... That I mean, that's it. If the Sith get defeated, the dark side still exists. It doesn't go away. It's not a tangible thing that gets defeated. Well, that's like evil doesn't go away no matter how you defeat. It just comes in a different way. Form. Yeah. Right. Where did that definition come from? The Last Jedi's Visual Dictionary. And the snippet uh, I grabbed off of uh, Wikipedia. It, it it's interesting to me because if the if the actual prophecy was foretold the destruction of the Sith that couldn't have been in writing because I think then there's no way that Yoda or Mace Windu or Qui Gon would have believed it. It wasn't like the Chosen One will bring balance to the Force by destroying the Sith because then it wouldn't have been in question. I mean that is what Obi Wan said to Anakin. Uh, um. You'd be you were supposed bring- to destroy the Sith, not to join them. I you guess bring- that, that that's fair. Yeah. But but why why do they think the Sith are still around? They don't. I don't know. Yeah. Why would they be trying to to? They, this is the chosen one. You you must see it. It's it's definitely him. He's the one yeah. who's going to destroy the Sith. They're like, there's no Sith. Look around, dude. There's no Sith. What are you talking about? I mean, unless you want to say that that. Oh, uh, that Qui-Gon was very well aware that they were still out there and no one wanted to listen to him, but he wasn't or, or really talking like they, that. they anticipated their return uh, because the prophecy yeah. said But he so. didn't fulfill but. the prophecy because when he killed Palpatine, he didn't actually kill him. Well, He did that's... kill him. He did. Yep, no. Yeah. no, no. Hang on now. He did. He died. He died. And he even says in The Rise of Skywalker, restore the balance, Ray, like I once did. Anakin says that to Ray. So Anakin did restore the balance, but like they say, it's never permanent. The force is always going to shift things around. Yeah, he definitely caught the guy and put the guy in jail, but the guy got out 20 years later. This conversation is mind-boggling to me right now. (laughs) Well, um, that's fun. The other thing, do do we want to talk about what our understanding of what Freddie was saying when he said this this is uh, how it is no yes i i just got lost in all the swears like- that he like look i love swearing i don't on the show because i'm respectful and this is a family program but he made I mean, he basically he said, said what a we lot said. of f words i i feel like that has gotten such a stage like compared to other people having talked about the force that it, just because it was a viral internet thing. But he basically said, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Kylo Ren rose into darkness, so then there were two of them. So then Ray had to awaken to balance that out. And it's like, yeah, duh, okay. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, duh, whatever. George Lucas, am I right? Well, that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I still think what he was saying was like the force is like more... The force is more aware of like, oh, this person did something bad to, to these people or something. So the force delivers power to those people so that they can in turn like overtake those those people back like it's almost like it was shelling out like oh you need this okay cool oh okay he spent all the money all right well then we'll give you this you know what i mean it was like pulling and and pushing it all the same in all different directions and stuff i i almost think that that's somewhat kind of tied to the baseball thing like when the when the the baseball thing is is happening yes some teams are up three runs and but then i think the difference here is that he's saying the game only works if then every game ends in a tie like the force would make oh they got a run cool so we got to deliver another run to the other team and i definitely don't think even in the baseball analogy that's even further and i'm like i don't think that's happening i don't think because um where what was it that he names two people that that died and then the the force returns the favor by giving us luke and leia like two people two and two that was equal like fixed itself I'm like, I don't think this is happening, man. But he's getting this from Filoni. Who's yeah, getting I, this from like, you know, seven years of working with George. So I think the, if, if you take the idea that the force will never be permanently decided one way or the other, and it's just going to be this constantly ongoing thing, then that can play. Because it's like you're hitting the, the ball back and forth. But um, I wonder, I, <laughs> to kind of put a bow on this, I, I think it'd be funny what... what uh, Freddie Prince Jr. thought when he like found out they were a dyad, he's probably like, "Oh, uh, oh, I don't know." <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, we talked a little bit on on. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't on anything particular. But I, ju- I just don't really think that the dyad has anything to do with balance. Oh, I think I'm it has more to, to do with just not success. I know, but but just to throw it in there too, because I think I think sometimes people do think of the dyad as the answer to the balance like oh we finally got the answer in order to be there to bring be balanced in the force you have to have this dyad it's like ray was good and kylo was bad and now they work together and that's balance and i i don't think that's what they were going for with the dyad um not to say like an opinion's wrong but i'm kind of thinking like i think you missed the point of what that was supposed to be i think the dyad it wasn't a balance thing no i think the dyad was an explanation for the connection between ray and kylo and to create conflict between the main enemy and the main good guy i just think it was all new mythology altogether they were like hey isn't like bear with me i know there's going to be some dragon ball fans that are going to be like yeah but look i just think it was like a new a new form they were like oh we've had him go super saiyan then we've had him go super saiyan 2 what else could we do and they just brought in this thing which is fusion two characters can do this technique and they become one person and then their power level is 
twice as high like wonder twins and they have a different color hair and that yeah b- basically well that was a little different because they're still separate wonder but twins. i mean the idea was like all the zords coming together to make a mega zord and and oh, i know that one I, th- I think it was just new mythology. They were like, hey, how can how can these two people work together to defeat this person? Oh, well, there's a bigger thing happening in the Force, and it's their connection and their bond, and once they embrace that, they become more powerful and, and other things like that. This was the geekiest I just, I don't answer think you've ever given, about and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Light and dark. The, the Megazord? Megazord, Dragon well, Super Saiyans, and then there's this guy. Talking about Star Wars yeah. is already geeky, and to, in order to explain his point, James had to add another geeky thing no. into the geeky thing. When James gets excited that he's about to talk about something he really cares about, he's, he talks faster and faster and faster, and you're following him, and you're like, where is this going? And you're like, and then there's Super Saiyans. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I was um, unless you guys have anything, do you guys have anything else to add to? Um, nah, dog. I think I'm. I the think balance. I'm balanced out. No. The earliest <laughs> mention that I was able to find of Lucas referring to two sides was a 1980 Times Magazine interview where he said the Force has two sides, light and dark. It's not an inherently malevolent or benevolent thing. It has a bad side to it involving hate and fear, and it has a good side involving love, charity, fairness, and hope. But again, that's the you know the You're simplicity. You're like our historian. You're just like. Well, I just did some research to get some Lucas quotes because you know the man's mm. still important, <laughs> and he 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 actually created this in his brain. Wait, so what? It's not a real thing. <laughs> it's fake, and it, it happened to take place in space. But uh, no, um. We want to know what you guys think, though. Obviously, this is a discussion that can be longer, and we'll probably mm-hmm. revisit it more as more Star Wars stories enter the fray. Maybe this whole Baby Yoda stuff changes our mind about some things when we see what he's all about and what he can do and where he comes from. Um, but it's kind of like this always evolving thing that's going to happen with Star Wars, especially as they branch out beyond the Skywalkers, because really, we're really pigeonholed in with this family as a main focal point of the force. Now, if we get into other people and other families and stuff like that, we may change our mind and learn new things. And that's, what's exciting about the future of star Wars. So, uh, thanks for listening to that discussion. But now James, it's morphin time. Cause we have to send it to Lacey. Who's going to get into Ow. the tweets from the peeps. <laughs> you just bang your arm. I banged my thumb. Yeah. I was doing the power Rangers thing where they're like, pterodactyl yeah yes i can either of you say them in order i was the pink ranger like every other girl in america it's triceratops no 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 it's it's uh tyrannosaurus nope uh pterodactyl (laughs) i love how james like nah dog nope saber tooth pterodactyl is last i think no mastodon because pterodactyl i think is the head do you guys want to know? Yeah, go. It's Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus. And then they will do like the green or white ranger, like white tiger at the end or whatever. He's he's always the, the total last, but I love it. Well, this is not I heard that that's time. what uh Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, John. Say your joke. I was just gonna say I heard that's what Colin Trevorrow bases his entire Jurassic World lore on, but Pterodactyl. Yeah. 
He's like, what was it again? <laughs> you go back, watch the movie, and all the animals that show up are in that order, and you're like, wait a second. And it's like the X-Files song. like, Yeah. All right. So. Just making a jokey joke. It's okay. I appreciate it. Uh, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. Who the lolly? <laughs> what was that? Robin Hood? They're remaking that. Did you hear about that? Are they again? The animated one. They're doing a, oh, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing the Disney like uh, CG animals. Like, you know the, the, I the hate Disney it. one with Can the fox? Can they stop doing this? Disney, stop. So oh, the lolly. Um, okay. So the way this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation. And you guys give your answers via Twitter. Uh, our Twitter account is at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And then I read them on the show. I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what you guys said. I actually mute our account during this time, so I don't have to see the answers. Um, That's nice. But then I unmute after. <laughs> I block, and then I... I yeah. All right. So, the scenario is Yoda is pissed. Oh. Uh... <laughs> He isn't getting royalties from baby, hashtag Baby Yoda merch, although it's clearly using his likeness. I mean, that's pretty... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, what do you think hashtag Star Wars could give Yoda as an apology to smooth things over? So this is Bob going like, oh, what can we send him? Right? Because Bob's yeah. back, guys. <laughs> Bob is back. More Bob calls are He's coming. back, baby. <laughs> More yeah. Bob calls are coming. Yeah. I love that he was like, yo, I'm out. And then the other Bob was like, all I know is the parks and the parks are closed. And Bob's like, ugh, right. I guess I'm coming back. <laughs> the stock is... Pl- you ever see that movie, uh, I think it was Fun with Dick and Jane with Jim Carrey? No. Where he plays like an Enron like spokesperson. Oh, jeez. And he's on like one of those cable news channels as the market's <laughs> tanking. <laughs> And they just see the whole company go under. I feel like that's what New Bob was like. It's just, if anyone's ever seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. But, but seriously, anyway. it was like all this stuff happened, which obviously we don't think the situation's funny, but all this stuff happens. The guy that got promoted was head of the parks. They closed all the parks, and then they were like, hey, Bob, can you come back? And this is after Bob Iger was like, I'm not taking a salary. So my question is, like, is he still not taking a salary? Question mark. I think he's doing mm-hmm. all right. Oh, he's fine. He's perfectly fine. I just like those funny details. Anyway. Okay. First up is Kevin Lewis at Thrawn Zon Fan. I wonder what he loves. Which books are his favorites? Um, he said... Probably Aftermath. <laughs> what? Probably Aftermath. Aftermath, yeah. Uh, he said the least they could do is, I don't know, maybe just give... Maybe give his species a name. <laughs> I didn't even know. I got, conf- I got confused earlier, never with do that. the uh, double maybe there, Kevin. But you wrote it in caps, mm-hmm. so really emphasized it. Yeah. I read this as, like, <laughs> picture Billy Eichner saying that. You ever watch Billy on the street? <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's like, maybe, yeah. just maybe. And he screams. Timon in the famed uh, live action remake. Name! Yeah. <laughs> and stare. Or he's just like, he's like, for a dollar, name a woman. And she's like, what woman? He's like, any woman, just name a woman. She's like, why? He's like, get out of here. Yeah, Yeah. right. 
All right. <laughs> now I watch that show. I'm like, you're so close to each other. Back away. I know. I know. That that is easily the funniest one where he's like, name a woman, any woman, and this girl's yeah. like, what? And she's got like a yoga mat. She loses it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Adam Odal at Odal Adam says Disney. Hey Yoda, my main man. How you doing? Hey, listen. We're sorry again about the mix-up with the baby, yo, I mean, the child. As gesture of goodwill, we wanted to get you this gopher grabber. (laughs) Yoda stares blankly. Disney, you know, because you're short. Yoda, I have the force. (laughs) They send a picture of a gopher grabber. <laughs> I need one of those. I don't know what I'd use it for, but I feel like it's really, really helpful. You can't see that, John. Is that not coming in? It's a, no. it's a little bright. It's one of those long, you squeeze yeah. it and it grabs the It's stuff. like what people yeah. use for landscaping, picking up trash. Mm. Or like those toys that have like T-Rexes on the end. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Next up is Zoe Sack. Zoe. <laughs> Joey Sack at Joey Sack. And he said, free piggyback rides for the rest of his life. <laughs> nice. Uh, I was looking at the picture of uh, Mark Hamill on Daisy's back the other day. That's such a, that's such oh, yeah. a fun photo. Yeah, uh, next up is Todd DeLorean at DeGrossier. Or no, DeGrossier at Todd Knows Best. <laughs> This really threw Todd me off. Todd Lorian DeGrossier at Todd Knows Best. This really threw me off. He's a new listener of the podcast. I'll give Lucy a break. Yeah, I don't. Why is your name Todd DeLorean now? Todd Alorian. I know, but like why? Because now I'm all, all I'm thinking about is DeLorean. Back to the future. Todd. Can we get back to resistance yeah, transmissions? Yeah, sorry. Please. Yoda says, quote, interesting. <laughs> Into negotiations we must go. Hear from my lawyers, you will. Star Wars, what if we get rid of the seagulls? Yoda, ah! And it's like the the photo of him yelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, when he falls over, yeah, when he falls off of Luke. So, yeah. this is from that bad lip reading song yeah, that yeah, they yeah, made. Yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. This guy. Have you guys heard of this viral video thing? <laughs> Next is Market to Kind of Vacants. Uh, and it's actually Awakens for those people at home. Uh, he said, Yoda will be given a stimulus check with Emperor Chief Palpatine printed <laughs> on the check. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. He just wants to know his signature's on there. So you know the money's coming that's from it. him. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is John Reese at John S. Reese, and he said, "Forgiveness on fifty years of back child support." Oh, that's that's huge. That's huge. I don't know that personally, but I'm saying it sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. Last but not least is Ryan Davis Dash Nineteen at Ryan Q Davis. Hey Ryan, he said it's Disney, so they'll probably offer him ten percent off a park pass. Parenthesis: only <laughs> one park per day. <laughs> And just enough Disney dollars to buy grilled cheese at Toy Story Land. <laughs> well, you know what? Speaking of Bob, it's <laughs> just like, yeah. I mean, that is probably off. the most realistic thing. Disney would be like, uh, we'll give yeah. you 5% off the store, but you have to be in park mm-hmm. to use it. 
Um, guys, thank you so much have for a- your answers. Go ahead, John. Say your last mm-hmm. joke. I was gonna say have. They always say have a magical day, and that usually means, you know, go f yourself. <laughs> John, I hope you have a magical day. Oh, thanks, guys. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us at R B A T S W N N, and then look out for the situation, and use hashtag Resistance Transmissions. Back to you, John, and your magical day. Hey, it's late when we're doing this right now, but for you it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this late, then it's balanced. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube, or any other podcast application, whichever one you like. Subscribe, because we have two episodes every week. Uh, and um, we appreciate you listening and watching. It's, uh, it means a great deal to us. Share this uh, show with your friends. So if you have a link to the YouTube or if you have a link to the app, send it to your friends because you are the reason why we grow, believe it or not. So all it takes is one or two people for you to send it to. They'll send it to people and it'll be great. We appreciate it. I got into a little bit of a JJ there. It'd be great. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, Incredible. Hit. Head to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast if you'd like to support what we're doing here. We obviously have a lot more content that we're putting out that you notice on uh, YouTube and a lot of exclusive content on the Patreon page, including eight mini-episodes every month, including a QA, and a and we have uh, movie commentaries on there. We have a Discord chat server, a lot of things. So go check it out at least. Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast. Take a look at the five tiers. If you see one that you like and you want to sign up and support us, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you to our generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley. By the way, great pod race, Andrew. <laughs> Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa movie guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, thank you so much for all your support. We couldn't do it without you. We really appreciate it. Uh, not even going to talk about t-shirts right now because you know the deal. You know how to find them. I'm wearing one of them. Lacey's wearing one of them. James is not, but he has plenty of them. But more Mm -hmm. on our shirts later. For now, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? Twitter and Instagram at MyraChunks. Lacey? It would be incredible if you would follow me at Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. Right. Thank you all so much for listening and watching, being part of the resistance. We hope you're all doing okay out there. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Share, subscribe, leave a comment, enjoy your weekends, and we'll see you Monday morning right here on the resistance broadcast. See you around, kids.